Aloha, and welcome to another episode of the English 2.0 podcast, the only podcast for ambitious yet maybe struggling students just like yourself who are looking to become fluent English speakers, global communicators, and real-world English 2.0 performers. My name is Al, and you have reached the English 2.0 podcast. I should say you have downloaded and you are listening to the English 2.0 podcast. Thank you so much for doing that. And today, we are going to answer another one of your questions. In fact, this will be episode number 22 of Your Question. And so if you want to hear some of the others, you can just go back into the archives and take a listen or actually take a look because most of them are in video format. And that's how I usually like to do them. However, this time we're going to do audio and there's a reason for that, which I'll explain in just a second. Before we, do, before we get into the question, I'd like to ask you to please share this episode with a friend, a classmate, or a colleague And again, you can do that on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, however you like to do it. Or you can just use word of mouth, and I would appreciate that so we can help the podcast grow, help more and more people find it, and help more and more people reach their English goals. Now today we're going to talk about a topic that I don't talk about very much, uh, and that is the IELTS exam. The IELTS exam, for those who are not familiar, is an exam similar to the TOEIC test or TOEFL. It's a test of English that is required by universities, typically, in Australia, maybe England, New Zealand, um, Canada. Uh, not really in the U.S., but um, it is quite a popular test around the world. And so today we're going to answer a question about that. Now, again, as I mentioned, usually I like to do video format for your question episodes. But today we're going to do audio. And the reason is I have actually a recorded message from a student. And I want to play his message so that you can hear it. And then I will answer it um, after we hear it. So let's go to the question. Hi, Alison Say. Uh, my name is Mahir from Kazakhstan, and I'd like to know um, how to improve speaking skills to prepare IELTS exam. When I'm going to speak, I have no idea what to do. I have no idea what to talk about, and that was my problem. And um, for a while, um, I have been practicing shadowing method, uh, but fluent fluent doesn't come out um, easily and that's a problem um, how to overcome this problem thank you all right so thank you so much that is a wonderful question and i sympathize with you because you know a lot of students are struggling to you know get the score they want on the ielts exam and a lot of them have big dreams and big goals where the IELTS exam is a requirement. Okay, it's a lot of uh, times students are trying to get into certain universities in different countries where it is required. So it's a very, very important thing uh, that we address. Now, the IELTS test has 
four parts, okay? So it's unlike the TOEIC test, the standard TOEIC test, which is only covering listening and reading. The IELTS test covers all four skills, so listening, reading, writing, and speaking. So not only the input skills, but the output skills. So you need to be familiar and you need to be competent in all four of them in order to get a good score. Now, the IELTS test, as most of you know, is scored by, it's a nine-point scale, and they call them bands, okay? So it goes from zero to nine. Nine is the top score, and they give you a band score for each of the four sections, listening, reading, speaking, and writing. And then they average out your total band score, and that is your IELTS score. And again, what is required for different universities or different things is is up to that particular school or that particular situation. Um, But just in general, I I have a student uh, that I helped with the IELTS exam, and she needed, I believe it was a 6 or a 6.5. And we helped get her from a, I believe it was a 5.5 at the time, maybe a 5 or 5.5, and we got her up to that 6 or 6.5. And she was able to get into uh, the University of Melbourne in Australia. So that was awesome. And so, uh, yeah, I coached her and we helped get her up to that score. Now, today we're going to specifically be talking about the speaking part of the exam because that's what the student was asking about. And he was mentioning again having trouble speaking fluently. And today I'm going to cover a lot of what he talked about, but also just... I think I can cover it by just giving you my top three tips for the speaking section of the IELTS exam. So let's start with tip number one. Tip number one is understand the format of the exam. All right, so it sounds kind of basic, but the IELTS exam has a very specific format it follows this format each and every time okay so you definitely want to become familiar with the format the structure of the exam i'll go over it very briefly but again please look at it in more detail by yourself so the speaking exam is divided into three parts in part one the examiner is going so it's just again remember the ielts speaking exam is just you, the test taker, and the examiner, only two of you. And it'll be recorded so that they can look back and score you. But again, you just have to get used to being recorded. Again, don't worry, try not to worry about it. But also, you want to get familiar, be comfortable speaking with one person one-on-one. And that is the examiner. All right, so In part one, the examiner is going to ask you very basic questions that you need no special knowledge for. Actually, you shouldn't need any special knowledge for any of this exam. But, you know, these are going to be very familiar questions uh, to anybody. So it's going to be about yourself. So, you know, what is your name? What is your ID number? And then they're going to ask you, okay, tell me about the place where you live. Um, what are some of your hobbies? What do you like to do in your free time? You know, stuff like that where it's fairly simple for you to answer without, you know, causing a lot of stress to you, hopefully. And so you need to be able to 
again, kind of warm up, but also do this section pretty well. You need to practice for it as you do all the sections. But just remember that, again, the questions aren't going to be so you know, difficult, but you still need to display your English ability in this section. Okay, so even if the question is simple, you still need to answer thoroughly. All right, so we're just talking about the structure. I'm not going to go so much into the uh, advice here, but uh, again, let's go back to the structure. And so that's going to last for a few minutes, and then you're going to move on to section two, or part two. Now, part two is going to be more of a presentation, we'll say, by you. Okay, It's not going to be a back and forth so much. And so what happens is they're going to give you a card, and on that card, it's going to have a task, and then it'll give you three bullet points of what you need to cover. Okay? And so then you're going to have two minutes, or sorry, you're going to have first a minute to prepare, and that in that preparation time, you can take notes, and then you'll have two minutes to give your answer. All right? So that is the structure. Again, I'm not going to go over the uh, the strategy right now, but let's just cover the structure. Okay? And even if you talk for more than two minutes, you know, the examiner will just cut you off and say, okay, that's the end, and that's fine. Don't worry about being interrupted because you do want to keep talking as long as you can. Okay, you get, there's no penalty for going on too long. <laughs> In fact, it's worse to stop short because that limits the amount of English that the examiner can judge you on. Okay, so you want to keep talking even if it goes past two minutes. Let them worry about the time. You don't worry about the timing. All right, section three is more of a back and forth between you and the examiner. It's more of a discussion. Okay, so, and in this part, they're going to ask you a question in order for you to give your opinion about a particular topic. All right? And usually they're going to ask you to compare something or they're going to ask you to, you know, give pros and cons, advantages and disadvantages of a, of a particular thing. Um, so in this case, you want to practice giving your opinion, get, you know, giving a reason for it and supporting your answer. Okay, that's the most important thing. All right, and then they're going to ask you follow-up questions. It's going to be more of a back and forth. And that'll last for several minutes as well. All right, so that is the structure of the speaking exam. All right, so understand that again and understand how that is going to follow the same path, the same format each and every time. All right, now let's move on to tip number two. Tip number two is study the questions from practice exams. Okay, so what do I mean by that? All right, so when you look up practice exams online or perhaps you have a book with practice questions, you want to try and gather as many questions from practice exams as possible. All right, and when you do that, you want to look at the, you know, section 1 and see what kind of questions they're asking, okay? And those, again, should be pretty simple, pretty straightforward, but just so you get a, uh, an idea. 
But this will be more valuable in sections two and three. Okay, so in section two, again, they're going to ask you pretty much to describe something or explain something. Again, it's going to be more of a, a speech from you and less of a back and forth interaction. Now, they can ask you follow up questions after your two minutes, but don't worry about that so much. Worry about the main part of your answer, which is that two minute block. Again, it, it's going to, you know, uh, we'll get into your um, response in my uh, tip number three. But just look at as many questions, as many uh, cards as possible. Okay, so you want to get used to the format of each individual question. So it could be, okay, describe an experience of blah, blah, blah. Okay, or it could be explain how you blah, blah, blah. Okay, again, I'm not an IELTS expert uh, in terms of the types of questions, but you want to review those and start to become familiar with the types of things that they're asking you to do. Again, not the, necessarily the topics, because, again, the topic could be anything. It could be sports, it could be music, it could be movies, it could be your daily routine, it could be anything. Okay, so, but you want to get used to the function of what they're asking you to do. Okay, are they asking you to describe an experience? Are they asking you to describe objects, people, explaining uh, procedures, tasks? What are they asking you to do? Okay, so you want to f- figure out by by um, looking at many, many examples of questions from practice exams so that you can build a framework of possible things that they're going to ask you to do, all right? In section three, again, do the same thing, and you'll, you'll find that they're going to, there's a, you know, certain formats of questions that they're going to ask you, okay? So it could be, please compare A and B, okay? Or what do you think about this topic, okay? So they're going to ask you about your opinion, all right? But again, they can phrase it in many different ways, so you need to become familiar of how they're phrasing things and what exactly they're asking you to do. All right, so build a framework or gather, in other words, gather as many examples as you can from questions and start to notice the patterns, Okay. Now, tip number three is build a framework for your answers. Okay. Again, the topic can be anything. So you want to build frameworks for or build a framework for your response. Okay. Now, this will be, again, maybe not so much in part one because part one um you, need, you just need to answer about yourself. And so I don't think you need to be that worried about a structure. Just have that more free-flowing. And if you're uncomfortable answering things about yourself, then, in my opinion, you're not really ready to be a band five or six. Okay, So if you're looking to get a good score on the IELTS, as I think you know, the, the student who asked the question, I th- he, you know, he sounded at least to be at least a five or six band at the, at the time. So you need to be very comfortable talking about yourself for section one. So I don't want to cover section one too much. But section two, again, once you figure out what types of things they're asking you to do, you need to start building a framework of how you're going to respond. All right. 
And so, for example, if they ask you, okay, please describe your typical uh, Monday morning, for example. Okay, so you need to be ready to describe a routine. Okay, for example. Or if they say, oh, talk about your childhood home, you need to be ready to describe a place. Okay, so this is what I mean by a framework. So I'll just use the example of the routine. Okay, so when you're uh, describing a routine, again, maybe your framework is, okay, I'm going to start with, I need to use words that show order and progression. For example, first, da-da-da, next, da-da-da, finally, da-da-da. So, you know, that, again, is a basic framework. Or, again, if we use the example of describing a place, again, these are just examples I'm using, but again, you want to study yourself and figure out what what they're asking you to do most of the time. So, But if it's describing a place, then you want to build a framework for yourself Whereas, again, I'm just thinking of this off the top of my head, but maybe you start with the general place first and then you get more detailed as you go. And you might have a a structure that, you know, maybe you start by describing the color and they just start to describe the size and they just, you describe the, the function of that place. Okay. For example, again, um, please describe your kitchen. I'm just using it as just a really basic example, but uh, okay, so my kitchen is fairly small, uh, but it's very useful and convenient. So, you know, I have a refrigerator and, you know, basic appliances like a microwave oven and a toaster and a blender. And my kitchen is really useful because you know, we, I don't have to reach so far when I you know, open the drawers because it is quite small. And that makes it very convenient. Now, yeah, sometimes I'd like more space. Because I'm, again, I'm just thinking off the top of my head. But, you know, if you have that structure of describing, okay, we'll start with the size. And then we'll go to the function, uh, the, you know, utility of the place. And then, again, you can build your own framework of how you want to respond. I hope that makes sense. Now, part three, again, they're going to ask you for your opinion. So this one uh, can follow a pretty uh, standard framework because most of the time they're going to ask you for your opinion. And the framework is, you can remember it by the term Oreo. (laughs) So Oreo means opinion, reason, Example or evidence, and then opinion. Again, okay, so you start with your opinion, you give a reason for that, you give examples or evidence, and then you kind of finish by restating your final opinion in other words. Okay, so that's a framework to give your opinion. Or let's say they ask for advantages and disadvantages of a particular thing. So, again, you want to have, you want to build a framework to help you answer that. So maybe you want to describe two pluses or two advantages and then say, well, on the other hand, there are two disadvantages. And then you describe two cons, okay, for example, two two disadvantages. Okay, again, I'm just giving you an idea. You come up with your own frameworks. And then if you 
want, you can ask me more specific questions and I'd be happy to, to go over them. But again, these are just examples and I hope you, it's helpful. And those are my top three tips. Now, the student was also talking about shadowing. Now, shadowing um, is also very helpful. And actually, I'm working on a program for shadowing that'll be coming up pretty soon. And you want to stay tuned because it's going to be awesome. And uh, I think shadowing can be very helpful. Uh, I, I would consider that as a secondary thing after you follow these three tips. And definitely, when it comes to shadowing, I would say, first, find an example answer from you know a practice exam and record yourself speaking the practice answer for the band that you're aiming for. Okay, So, for example... If you're aiming for a band 7, then you want to find an example of an answer from band 7 and then record yourself giving that answer. And then you can actually, you know, after you get a, we'll call it a perfect recording of that band 7, you can listen to it but also shadow yourself. So I'd recommend, you know, recording your own voice. Try to get a perfect recording of that example. And then shadow yourself. Again, you don't want to memorize or you know, have a rehearsed speech when you get into your real exam. But this, the purpose of this is just to help you, you get used to the flow, get used to the pace of a, an exam and also an example answer. Okay, And it will also help you see the framework of the example answer as well. All right, so uh, a little bit longer than I expected, but uh, I hope that's helpful. And uh, if you found it valuable, please share it with a friend, a classmate, or a colleague. Please make sure you are subscribed to the English 2.0 podcast, and I do appreciate that as well. So that has been an episode of Your Question. And if you have a question, you can ask it just as this student was able to do so. If you go to alsensei.com, you will see a little tag on the right that says send voicemail it'll open up and you can just record your message there and i will be happy to get back to you thank you so much for the questions and i look forward to another episode of your question coming up in the future until next time thank you for tuning in and always remember to level up your learning and level up your life